Now you want to make sure that this purpose doesn't stay as a buzz word. It doesn't say abstract. You want to know and you want to make sure that you tell people how you're going to live your purpose. Welcome to Thank God It's Monday, where you will learn how to leverage the power of storytelling to create a company culture that people can't wait to go back to. I'm your host, Beatrice Nyalula Kabutakapwa. I am a business storytelling coach, and my combined experience of producing human-centered stories for a decade as a journalist and training more than a thousand people in how to leverage the power of storytelling, even if they've never done it before, is what I bring to the companies I partner with. I believe everyone deserves to be happy in their workplace, no matter what they do. They deserve to feel like their work matters and that they belong. If you want to motivate, inspire, and align your values to your actions, you are in the right place. Nowadays, purpose is such a buzzword. We use it in such an abstract way especially when it's translated in a few words for each organization when they're trying to when you're trying to make sure that you have your own purpose spelled out in a particular way and it so often becomes something that you cannot really touch that you cannot really see so i really want to go back to the meaning of purpose for a second here So purpose really is, it means the reason why we do something. The reason why something is done. So for instance, I'm thinking about the company created by Rachel Rogers. She is a US-based entrepreneur and she has a company called Hello7. The purpose of the company is to make sure that black women and people who have historically been marginalized become millionaires. So this is why the company exists. This is why they do what they do. Another example that comes to mind is the conversation that I had with one of my clients in the past two years they had created a startup and they really wanted to make sure that they articulate what the startup did and why it did it. And it took us a very long time because we often uh, make this mistake to focus on what you actually do. But then we, after many conversations, what they come out with was that the purpose of their startup was to make work more agile, more to make work easier for people. And that was the purpose of the of the startup. And then when the work gets easier, people are happier, they work better, and you know, you're not miserable as well. But I can think about also my purpose, the purpose of my business, which is to include storytelling as a company culture. And then if I articulate that, there is a why. 
And the reason why is that storytelling really brings the emotional part, the authentic part, and the meaning of things. And when we have that meaning, as humans, as employees, as team members, we are happier. We are more fulfilled. We understand why we do what we do. And that helps us. This really leads to a follow-up question. Why should we care about purpose at all? And in a way, even mentioning why I do what I do starts to answer this question. So there is a psychological reason. We as human beings, it is in our nature to have a meaning, to be fulfilled, to know why we are doing what, you're, what we are doing. And there are several studies that show that when people have a very strong sense of why they do what they do, of their purpose, they generally have also a better health, both mentally and physically. And recently, I discovered a book by Viktor Frankl, and he is a psychologist. The book dates back to 1946, but in the book, he says that people with a strong why can bear almost any how. So people who have a very strong sense of purpose, they can bear anything or almost anything. It doesn't matter how it happens or how what they need to go through, they can bear that because they know that they have a very strong purpose. From a work context, from a workplace perspective, there is a, a survey that was done by McKinsey & Co. in 2020, and they were really looking at how much companies were focusing on purpose and also what the employees wanted as well. And what they found out was that 82% of employees think that purpose is important, but only a little bit more than 40% of these companies had a purpose statement. So as humans, we need purpose. As employees, we need purpose. Organizations need purpose and the need to articulate it because purpose is what leads the ship. So if we are thinking about this boat, this vehicle that needs to, to go somewhere, purpose gives us the, the reason why it needs to go somewhere. And we need that as humans, as team members, as employees. So let's say that you have your why, you have your purpose. Now you want to make sure that this purpose doesn't stay as a buzz word. It doesn't say abstract. You want to know and you want to make sure that you tell people how you're going to live your purpose, which is why you need to articulate your values. So your purpose is your why, and then your values are your how. How are you going to achieve the purpose? How are you going to achieve the goal? And this is something that is usually written for organizations. It's something that it's usually written in the company culture. And I am such a big fan of company culture. I really like to read the documents, the memo, and how the culture of a company is described. I think that it's really interesting. But one thing that I really miss from the company culture and from the, this written document is how values really look like in real life. 
So we have this set of values, these, we have these list of things we believe in, the, we have this list of things that really make up the, the, the culture of the company. But in reality, like when I do join the organization, how do those values translate? And these are questions that often candidates might have for the HR team, but it's also a question that employees and current team members can have as well because it's not something that you assimilate at the very beginning and then it's done. It's not that you know the values of the company and then it's done. It's something that you need to be reminded of. You need constant reminder of what your values look like. And I realized from several conversations that I had with people that sometimes when I say what do they look like, people don't really quite understand. So what I mean when I say what do these values look like is how do they translate in real life? If we believe in inclusion, if being inclusive is part of our company culture, what does that look like? Does it look like we using gender neutral terms all of the time, like we effortlessly does it mean that when we, we have particular policies, when we, when we share questionnaires or when we hire people, does it mean that we have a parent's room? Does it mean that we give parents flexible parental leave? You know, what does it look like? And you want to have those stories told. Because really, the way in which you translate the buzzwords and the abstract words and the culture into practice and into something that people can really see are stories. You obviously need to be strategic in the way you share stories. It's not just, oh yeah, okay, I'm going to share stories about inclusion and diversity. I'm going to share story about how we are accountable for our own actions. I'm going to share stories about how we are independent in our decision making, or I'm going to share stories about how we are open and we listen to each other. It doesn't really, really work like that. I mean, it's definitely worth to experiment and start somewhere. But you need some ingredients to be strategic in your storytelling when you want to communicate purpose and values. And some of these ingredients are listening, vulnerability, spaces, and storytellers. So you need listening skills to share those stories because you need to listen to those stories first. So you need to source those stories. You need to find the place where those stories are coming from. And there might be several different places. It might be that you have employee resource groups and you know you give them an opportunity to share those stories. It might be that you have Instagram channels that tell the story of your employees. It might be that you have simply a conversation with your colleagues and they share a very interesting story that really shows how the um, company culture translates in real life. It might be that you have a newsletter. It might be that you have events, internal events. Whatever that means, you need to be listening to those stories. You need to be sure that you have constant access to the sources of those stories. 
you also need vulnerability. And this is something that I repeat over and over again, because storytelling, it is, is about being vulnerable as well. And it's not the vulnerability in the, only in the very emotional sense. Like it's not about just going very deeply into your storytelling. If it is comfortable for you or for any one of your team, that's fine. You can go deeper and you can be very emotional and whatever feels like safe for you. But vulnerability is also accepting the fact that you might not excel in some areas and you just want to try out and it's okay to try out because your team, you believe in your team and you believe that they're not going to judge you. They're just going to give you feedback to support you and to help you to get better as well. So vulnerability, it's also that. It's about not having all the answers and admitting that. It's about trying it out and not being afraid of failing because you never really fail, right? You always learn something. So vulnerability is about all of these aspects. It's about being emotional. It's about learning. It's about accepting the fact that you don't have all of the answers as well. And also, sometimes you want to be vulnerable when you ask the questions. So even the fact of asking your colleagues, you know, how do you feel about the company cultures? How do you feel about how we live our purpose? You know, it's, it sometimes takes being vulnerable to ask those questions as well. So vulnerability is a huge piece of the storytelling puzzle, and it's a presence that we welcome, we want it, and we need it. But you also need spaces. Stories are everywhere, within the company, within the conversations, within your the communication tools that you are already using. They are everywhere. The fact is that we obviously have a day-to-day work to cover. We have tasks, deadlines, you probably have so much going on. We have hybrid work, we have policies changing, we have frontliners, we have hiring new people, communicating, so much. There is so much going on all of the time that really stopping to search for stories might seem like, okay, I'm not doing my job or this is not what I should be doing right now. So you need dedicated spaces where you give yourself and your team the chance to source for those stories. Whether it's something that you do once a month, whether it's something that you do once a quarter, which is actually what I would suggest, you need those spaces. You need a time precisely dedicated to source for stories. And it's not just about sourcing for stories, it's also about having those conversations around those stories and having those events linked to storytelling. So whether it's something interesting that you read, whether it's something that you would like to see implemented, whether it's just having a conversation between team members and line managers or managers or the CEOs or the C-suite leaders. Even if it's just a conversation between the different groups in the organization, that's hugely helpful. But then you also need storytellers with, if you want to be 
telling those stories in a strategic way. And I don't mean that you need selected people who are storytellers, although it can be that way sometimes because oftentimes sharing purpose, it's something that probably your internal communication team does or it's probably something that your HR team does or if you have a dedicated people and culture department, that's what they do as well. So they probably are the chief storytellers in the, in the team, in the organization. But then there are other storytellers as well. And there are storytellers in the people in the, on the front line. They can also be storytellers. If you, there are people in your comms team, they can also be storytellers. But the thing is that because we have this constant need to fulfill our job, which is normal, we sometimes forget or we don't create, again, the space to train our storytellers. Storyteller is not something, storytelling is not something that you just do. I mean, you can start doing it for sure, but like any kind of art, you need to practice it, you need to do it several times, and you need someone to guide you to understand how you can do it better, where you might have to add something, how you can really focus on your audience, how you can go over your fears and really reach the another level. And I do know that this is something that employees need and want. When I did the research for my white paper on how storytelling really can increase employee engagement and external communication. I also ask people what would I like to see in their organization in terms of storytelling activities. And there were three things that people mentioned. One were business storytelling trainings, so the opportunity to learn how to be storytellers. The second one were TEDx-like events. So events where there will be one person from the team presenting a topic or sharing a particular story or focusing on one particular issue. And those kind of events really bring out the vulnerable uh, part of ourselves because we really have to be the storytellers embrace that role and tell the story. So those are fantastic events. And also so many organizations are doing that as well. And the third thing that people ask were storytelling leadership coaching. And that's something that they specifically mentioned when I followed up. They specifically mentioned because they want their leaders as well to be able to share the purpose and values in an effective way, but also in an emotional way. So it's it cannot be the, I don't know whether you have watched the TED talk, uh, Death by a PowerPoint. You know, it cannot happen. That cannot happen, having these PowerPoints with loads of words on it and this complete emotional detachment when you are telling the, when you're sharing the annual report or when you're sharing uh, the new strategies, that, that cannot happen because people will not connect to that, will not relate to that, they will not engage with that. And when you don't engage with something, then you are not really motivated in your work as well. And also when it comes to storytelling, uh, leadership coaching, it's also about making sure that the leaders communicate in an effective way with their teams. 
So it's about making sure that they create that framework where they listen, they share the inspired story, and then they take action. We need those stories to be reminded of why we do what we do. Your team needs to hear those stories to be reminded of why they do what they do. Because a team member that has their voice heard, that is inspired, is one that is happier, is a person who performs better. And it's also a person, it's also the kind of person that says, thank God, it's Monday. Now, does that mean that you have your stories, you have your purpose statement, you have your values clear, you have your storytellers, you have your listening, you have the spaces, you have the vulnerability, you have all the ingredients, everything is done. Does that mean that it's going to be a smooth, easy, no bump journey? No, it's not. It's obviously always in all of these, something that is really exciting is that things evolve, they change, and change obviously is not smooth, but that's good. It means that something is getting better, something is changing for the better. So that's something that we welcome. Also, does it mean that I say, oh, thank God it's Monday, and then work is not difficult anymore? Again, no, <laughs> because as much as you are focus on your purpose as much as you are happy with your work, that doesn't mean that work will stop from being difficult or from being hard. You know, as uh, Trevor Frankel said, if your why is very strong, then you can bear almost any how. So yes, it's going to be difficult and it could be difficult. And yes, it work doesn't, it's not going to become easy peasy but because you have that strong attachment that strong also visual idea of what purpose and values look like in your organization you know why you're doing what you're doing then the difficult part the 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 tiredness becomes easier because you know that there is a meaning for that and that's really the necessary step to take to get to excellence. So now I want to turn this back to you. I want you to think about what we talked about today and about the purpose, about values, how you visualize values for your team. And I want you to let me know, to share any takeaways that you had from this conversation. And you can email me directly at comms at kabutakapo.com. That's comms at K-A-B-U-T-A-K-A-P-U-A.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Just search for Beatrice Storytelling. I will come out. And you can send me a message on LinkedIn or on Twitter. Let me know what does this bring to mind. I am Beatrice Nyalula Kabutakapwa, and you have been listening to Thank God It's Monday. Now it's time to share your key takeaways from this episode. Connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening.